Good morning. Isn't it good to be with you? Amen. I am glad y'all were here. If you're watching, we're glad that you're watching. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, different things that are going on. Yes. So, this, um, let's see, November 6th, and I have it all, I have it written here. November 6th, which is a Saturday at 6 o'clock. Uh, Bunny English, y'all remember Bunny English? Yes, Bunny English uh, is going to come and sing. He has an appointment on Sunday, the next day, Sunday morning over in Concord, and he decided, hey, since, uh, since I'm coming, then just like to fellowship and visit with us. So, yeah, so if you can think of anyone right now who would like to hear some good singing, and uh, or who needs to, you know, just have some fellowship time. It's not like a normal church service, but who would not necessarily come to a typical church service, uh, please invite them. If you are watching online, you are invited on November 6th at 6 o'clock to come see Bonnie, hear him sing, participate in some some singing. Um, he's, you know, the that Southern Gospel I mean, he's a great singer. He's a really, really great singer. And uh, if you, if that's, yeah, if you really enjoy that type of music or you know someone who really enjoys that, then that's a, a he's a really good, he and his wife, and I don't know, well, this, the son came last time, yeah, but if, uh, we'll see <laughs> if, if he's going to come too, but but we, we would like for you, if you're here today, to be here. If you're watching online, we'd like for you to be here. And we'd like for you to invite some people. Uh, and that will be a great time to get people with the idea of coming to uh, November 21st, our thanks meal. Yes. So no, November 21st is thanks meal. We're going to have lots of different things going on. So just mentally prepare yourself. Um, <laughs> Leneva's group is coming. Uh, the Jesus League, they're going to be coming and ministering to us. We're going to have some different, uh, different special singing and that sort of thing. So come, eat, enjoy yourself. We're going to fellowship together. Also, we have a date for our church Christmas party. And that is December 15th. So take it out. Right, take your calendar out right now. Take your phone out right now and type that in. December 15th. We normally come at 6.30. We normally try to get here just a little bit early because we have games and that sort of thing. Party food, okay? Bring your party food. Wear your party clothes. Uh, Gracie said uh, yesterday she had a football game to go to today and that's why she's not here but um she said yesterday i know exactly what i'm gonna wear to the church christmas party i said okay she's already preparing for <laughs> um i think she has an ugly sweater or something so she's excited about getting to <laughs> about getting to participate with our and if you've never been to our church christmas party it's lots of fun so make sure that you are here December 15th, the month of October. Uh, you are bringing any type of hair care products, so brushes, combs, um, bows, anything like that, that would, that would be useful for young people. So uh, keep those things in mind. Any other announcements? I can't think of anything right this second. But yes, make sure that you are planning to be here November 6th. And November 21st, 
and December 15th. We've got great things going on. We've been talking about some, some other different kinds of things, and we'll, we'll be letting you know uh, you will be getting calls for all those events. So just, um, just a couple of days ago, I, was, I had purchased something. I couldn't get access to it, and uh, I had tried to, tried to figure this out myself on the, on the website that I had gone on to, and it just wasn't working, <coughs> so I had to call customer service. And on the website, it says, uh, we are prioritizing certain groups of people. Um, we have had really super long wait, and just like warning everybody, super long wait times. Um, you will you will have to sit on the phone for a long time. So basically, if you can figure this out yourself, please do. So I was still, I was looking, looking, and I could not figure it out. So got on the phone, and I, I went upstairs because I didn't want to disturb Shane. Um, <laughs> with the with the wait time music and um so i'm just sitting there on bed just waiting listening to the music and i'm looking online just doing different things and 20 minutes goes by 25 30 35 40 minutes goes by and i get to thinking okay i'm gonna i'm gonna look again at all these different options uh, for for helping myself so I started clicking on some things and I said, okay, that might help me. And I clicked on it and I followed the directions that were there. And after 43 minutes of sitting on the phone, um, I figured out the problem myself. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, what a waste of time. And I thought, how often do we just, all right, I'm going to pray about this, Lord. And we just sit and wait and we make no effort to put legs on our prayers. Our our faith is dead. I'm I'm just waiting on the Lord to answer. I'm just going to sit here and Lord, whenever you decide, you go right ahead. But if it's now if it's something that is a miracle and only God can do, then of course we got to wait on him. But he says, "Let your faith have some works. If there's something that you can do, then it's time for us to do it to put some legs on our prayers amen so whatever you've been praying for if there's something that you can do taking a step toward the lord because he says if you if you move toward me i'll move toward you so if there's anything that that you can do to take a step toward the lord i encourage you to do that this morning let's stand this morning and go to the lord in prayer ask him to have his will in the service heavenly father we are so grateful to you god we are thankful that you have brought us into your house god i thank you and i praise you for this place that we can come together and to worship god that we don't have to be afraid to be here but we're thankful for the freedom that we have in our country that we can come together as one and fellowship and unite and commune together god i thank you and i praise you that you have given us freedom through jesus christ and it is only by the blood of jesus that we are able to be redeemed and able to be saved and able to have life and, and life abundantly father i thank you and i praise you that each and every person who came here today has a reason for being here god there is no one who is here by accident but god you are here to meet with each one of us god i pray that you would touch each heart god we've brought in things that that are burdening our hearts god we have brought in things that are are hurting 
physically, emotionally, spiritually. And God, I just ask that you would lift the weight that is on us right now. God, I pray that you would lift depression, that you would lift anxiety, that you would lift physical burdens. God, we just ask your will be done in this place. Lord, that we would honor you and please you in all that we say and do. God, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, that you be lifted up and glorified. We thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Cause I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love No, my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love And my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love Yeah. 
nothing to fear with you. You are always with us, God. Thank you. Thank you. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in all his love for me. Oh, his love for me, who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Free at last. Free at last, he has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Who the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my father. for me. You are for me, not against me. Though I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Though I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I
not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. So I am who you say I am. Sing that out. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Lord, I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun says to be, oh, it's free. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise your holy name, Lord. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let your power come down. Break chains today. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. You're the all-sufficient sacrifice. So freely given, such a price bought. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And there's an army rising up, and there's an
break every chain because there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is you see and you know what each person's going through. I speak against depression. I speak against anxiety. I speak against defeat and discouragement in Jesus' name that you would break every chain according to the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we speak out the name and that is enough in Jesus' name. Break chains in Jesus' name. Break bondage in Jesus' name. Save and restore and heal. Hallelujah. give you praise this morning. God, we give you praise this morning. Oh, hallelujah. We, last night, uh, we went, the three of us went to a, we went to see Zach Williams, and he, he sang a song, Fear is a Liar. Fear is a liar. And he will come against you, and he will say, all sorts of things to discourage you. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to make it. You're going you're gonna to just be in the same place forever. But fear is a liar. And we speak against it in Jesus' name. And what breaks those chains, what breaks that bondage, what breaks that fear is the truth that there is power only in the name of Jesus. Oh, can we can we sing that again? I'm sorry. If you need anything today, and I don't know what the Lord's doing because I promise this was not what I was planning to do. But, but if you need anything this morning, now's the time. God has allowed us to be here together, and that is a blessing. Jeff was talking about this morning before we had when we had prayer before services. There are 15 missionaries in the in the country of Haiti who've been kidnapped and. We don't have to be afraid, you know. We can come in here and we can worship together and we can broadcast it throughout the whole world and we don't have to be afraid because there's power in the name of Jesus. So if you need anything today, we are here for that purpose. Anything that you need. as you Go ahead. I, you know me. I just keep talking. <laughs> anything you need. Anything you need. And we will pray with you and for you if you need anything. Well, however you need to worship, however you need to get with Him, if you need to come down here, that's fine. 
Jesus, yes, there is power 
Sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. It's time now to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Hager. praying for your boys and Sister Keller this morning. Brother Mike. Yeah, we missed him this morning, so definitely pray for your family, Brother Mike. Gretchen.
pray for Amanda and her ankle. We will pray that Gigi and Papa make it home safe. Sister Sugar. Yes, Lord. Pray for your sister. Pray. <laughs> we pray you may get back safe. Safe travels. Diane? definitely continue praying for you we we miss y'all and we're glad to see you this morning so continue prayers for diane and kim
anyone but sister. Okay. All right, we'll pray for Ken. Ken. Kim and Jason. She gets to feeling better. Rhonda. pray for Nash this morning anyone else if not raise hands for unspoken requests stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer
right, thank you. Um, <clears throat> that's all. Let's fellowship. Oh. 
glad y'all were here. If you are just now joining us online, uh, thanks. We're glad to see you. Glad, or no, glad you can see us. Hello. And uh, and Dad said, you forgot to tell him he was my favorite. I said, okay. So, Bonnie is Dad's favorite singer. So, you need to be here on November 6th at 6 o'clock. And we will, yes, November 6th, 6 o'clock. It's a Saturday night. And, uh, and Bonnie will be here. Bonnie and his wife, at least. I don't know if their son is coming, but, but they'll be here. And they'll be singing. Yes, sir? Yes, the next day is fall back. Uh, yes, so we can just stay and stay. Yeah, an extra hour and uh, participate in the joy of the Lord. Amen. So, um, yeah, be, do put that on your calendar. And you will be getting a call for that and for the fall back as well. So, um, and, uh, and we, uh, we, uh, uh, when Sister Diane and I was just, fellowshipping with her and she said I don't know you know if that was the right and she said I don't know if this is appropriate or not to say it is absolutely because the thing is we physical illnesses people can see physical illnesses people can pray for you for okay this person has you know Amanda's ankle is, is hurting her we're praying for Amanda's ankle uh, people who are having surgery, we're praying for those people. People who are, you know, different things that are going on with them, we can see it and we can pray for it. But the enemy will lie to you, lie to us, and say, mental illness is something that you shouldn't talk about. People can't see it, so maybe you're just, maybe you're just lying to yourself or crazy or whatever it is. And he will, he will say all sorts of things to you to to discourage you and keep that hidden but the things that we can bring to the light the things that can be exposed to his goodness and even if it means taking medication and that's fine and that's fine it's the lord created those doctors and he gave them the intelligence that's okay um I, and this is I had my first panic attack when I was about 10. Um, I go through anxiety. And when I tell people that, they say, no way. What? You have panic attacks? And you, no way. See, getting up here doesn't bother me at all. I, I love this. This is, you know, most people, that's their, one of their biggest fears is getting up and talking in front of people. I, I love it. But you, you don't know when a, when a panic attack is going to hit, you don't know when anxiety is going to going to come in because it's a lot of times it's for things that don't make any sense. It's like I should not be worried about going inside the store. That should not be a problem. Like I I know what I know that I can go inside and and buy groceries or whatever. I don't. This is just crazy. But it hits you, and then the enemy starts talking to you. Oh, you're you're not going to get over this. You're why you, that's crazy you're crazy that you can't even you can't face this you can't people are going to think you're nuts if you tell but that's a lie of the devil because there are so many people who go through this sort of thing and it's okay and we're family so yeah it's absolutely appropriate to talk about the things they're going and and to pray for you and to pray for one another because it's okay it's okay to not be okay 
it's okay when there are times that that the medicine's working great and we're feeling good and there are times that it's not and and you're not okay and that's that's all right we're praying in those times too so I encourage anybody and if you're watching and and that needs because I feel like I I hid it for so long trying to think like no I don't you don't need to tell people that I hid it for a really long time but the Lord started dealing with me and so now every time that I have the opportunity I say you know what I do go through those things but the Lord helps me medicine helps me sometimes when I need it (laughs) um but but I can I can call on the Lord even in the midst of it and he's there so anyway that has nothing to do with the message but I'm just yes give the Lord praise because he is good he is good um yeah absolutely so today we are on word six our previous word was one of unexpected meaning honor your father and your mother from this we learned a few things number one next to our relationship with god our relationship with our family is the most important your family is your first ministry the people that you live with that's your first ministry to encourage them to to talk to them about jesus to pour into them to pray for them that's the first line of defense when your ch- before your children leave the house before your spouse leaves the house praying for them the second thing we learned is that honor is not about our feelings i don't <laughs> the bible doesn't tell us to love our father and mother it just says honor them I know that there are some people who had a great family experience like I did, but there are some people who did not have a good family experience. And so hearing that, honor your father and mother, it's tough for them because they think, oh, that means that I have to do this and this and this and build this type of relationship. But that's not what the Bible says. It just says honor. And the third thing is some blessings are contingent upon our response to those in authority. He said that you'll you'll live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you when you honor your father and mother. So oftentimes when we don't show honor to those in authority, we are not blessed the way that God wants to bless us because we are not we're not putting ourselves under the authority that God has set up. So today our word, word six, big word, <laughs> one that we would never break, right? I'd never break. We pass judgment on those who do break this command and look at them with contempt. So let's take a look at how one thing leads to another. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 is word six. It says, Thou shalt not kill. Amen. (laughs) Thou shalt not kill. The word that is used here is better translated as murder. So thou shalt not murder. That is killing without legal or moral justification. That is um, premeditation. The implication of assassination. So killing without uh, regard for life. So it, this is not necessarily talking about self-defense. Uh, this is not... Uh, there, there were contingencies for those who killed someone accidentally. Not to say that it's right, but to say that it didn't carry the same uh, legal weight because it was an accident. But here, the, 
the idea is not of accidental or inadvertent negligence, but these are these are words of intentional hatred towards someone and, and killing them. There are other words for kill in the New Testament, excuse me, in the Old Testament that imply sacrifice that again are talking about accidental death, but but this idea here is intentional. So this is in a group of commands, and Brother Mike and I were talking about that this morning. This is in a group of commands that cover loving our neighbor as ourselves. So when we love our neighbor as ourselves, we're not going to murder them. Right. I mean, and all right, good, we can go home. <laughs> While we understand the concept of not committing murder and not committing an act of negligence which might lead to someone's death, there is more to be understood. See, the Lord was about to lead them into situations of war. Up to this point, they had not had any fighting experience. They had just been slaves, and for the past three months, they had been wandering through the wilderness, getting to Sinai. But the Lord was about to put them in situations that they would have to fight people as they went through the land. Once they got into the promised land, they were going to have to fight all of those who were inhabiting their land. So he's, again, the Lord is not putting this in the same category as war because self-defense and defending your country, it's something, it's something that God considers as different than intentionally, hatefully murdering someone. So, of course, as he led them, there would be death as a result of the war. But when he finally got them into the promised land, and even while they're traveling together for 40 long years, they must never take the life of another. So, again, okay, we get it, thanks, let's go home. But let's take a look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 21 and 22. Oh, Lord help us. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Oh my. So consider Jesus' interpretation of this commandment. Here, Jesus is preaching his sermon on the mount. So he is sitting on top of a mountain and there are thousands of people all around him. There are people on the mountain, in the valley, listening to Jesus speak. Th at the end of this is when he uh, fed the 5,000. So we know that there are at least 5,000 men, not including the women and children, who are hearing Jesus speak here. So he's speaking to thousands of people who have gathered to hear his sermon, and these people have heard this word, this commandment, their entire lives. They have heard, thou shalt not murder. It's within their hearts. They get it. Okay, not going to murder anyone. All right, Lord, check, done. But Jesus expounds on the intent of this word. 
He first acknowledges what they had been told. Do not murder, for if you do, you'll be in danger of the judgment. The judgment was a tribunal of, depending on the size of the city, uh, seven men in some cities, or 23 men in other cities, again, depending on the size. If I believe that if it was uh, a city of less than 120 inhabitants, it was seven, and if it was more, then it was up to 23 people on the council. So, in those cases, uh, um, in that particular city, a case would be brought before this council, and they would be able to render judgments of strangling or beheading or scourging. So Jesus says, okay, for those who have been found guilty of true murder, and in researching that, there was really, really difficult to convict someone of this, because you had to have two or three witnesses, and you had to have spoken to the person who was in the act, that witnesses had to have spoken to the person who was in the act and said, do you know that you're about to break the commandment? The person who was committing the act had to say, yes, I realize that I'm breaking this commandment and I'm going to do it anyway, and then had to go back and intentionally kill the person. All that had to take place before a person could be convicted of murder. So it was pretty tough to convict somebody. So considering all that, Jesus adds to this commandment a progression that can lead to destruction. He first says, anyone who is angry. Now this word means to provoke, to enrage, or to become exasperated with a brother. And this is a literal or figurative brother. It's not necessarily someone who is within our family, but anyone who is near us. Also, in the Greek, brother was used interchangeably with brother and sister, so this is with any person. If you are angry with any person without just cause. Now, here's where we get, oh yeah, well, I had just cause to be mad at that person, so I'm justified. No worries. But not all of the uh, not all of the versions have this. Not all of the original transcripts have that phrase without just cause. Some of them just say anyone who is angry with a brother. And here comes the judgment. So depending on which ancient text you read, it may or may not have that recorded. So he says, anyone who is angry with a brother, that person is in danger of the judgment coming before those 7 to 23 men to be judged. The word for angry here is only used eight times in the New Testament and in most of those times, the end result is sin or destruction. This is the same uh, angry that, that Paul says, be angry but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Saying, sometimes anger does happen, but don't, al don't allow it to fester to the point that you sin. The second thing Jesus says, anyone who calls a brother raka. 
This term means empty, worthless, implying looseness of life and manners. This word is used only once, right here. The implication is that this was a curse of some kind. Using this curse would have caused a person to be called before the council, likely meaning the Sanhedrin court, which is a group of 70 men, uh, the, the group of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who would come together and hear cases throughout the land. They were more like the Supreme Court. So anyone who said Raka, anyone who used this curse, but then anyone who called his brother a fool, In the Greek, this means wicked, godless, reprobate. Anyone who calls his brother a fool is in danger of hellfire. The background of this idea of hell or hellfire is the word is translated from the Hinnom Gorge or the Valley of Hinnom to become Gehenna. This is a, the word hell here is Gehenna, G-E-H-E-N-N-A for anybody who's writing it down. The actual Valley of Hinnom was a place of the worship of the fire gods. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel had become so wrapped up in idolatry, had become had just fallen so far from God that they began to sacrifice their children to the god Molech. And this was a statue that was set up, and the the mouth was open, and there was a furnace inside, and they would light the fire. And they would bring their babies as sacrifices. And they would throw them into the fire god of Molech. And this all happened in the valley of Hinnom. Well, King Josiah, when he was anointed as king, forbid the worship of such disgusting idols and proceeded to desecrate the valley. So he just tore it apart. And during Jesus' time, it was the city dump. So any type of waste would have been thrown into the Valley of Hinnom. Uh, not just garbage and waste, but also the carcasses of animals, the carcasses of criminals would have been thrown into this valley. So when Jesus says, if you go so far as to call your brother a fool, you might as well be tossed into the Valley of Hinnom. So why would Jesus put such emphasis on words if the issue was keeping the commandment to not murder why would Jesus take so many steps further well to answer that we'll take a look back at the beginning how murder begins think back the very beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but in Genesis chapter 1, God was in heaven and he was speaking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and he said, let's make man in our image. So he did. From the very beginning of time, we were chosen to bear the likeness of Yahweh. We were chosen to represent him. So much the case that his name, when written upright, remember we discussed Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, and 
that was my fault because I was going to put that up there for you to put up, and I didn't remember. But when, when Yahweh is written, Y-H-W-H, when it's written upright in the Hebrew, it looks like a person. It, yeah, it was, it's really neat. Again, if I had remembered, bless my heart. But when, it, when we are created in the image of God and God's saying that we were the representation of Yahweh here on earth and he gave us this name, Yahweh. And when you think about it, that, that when, again, when it's written vertically, it's like a person that each and every person you see is a physical representation of God. Now, think about the first murder. When Cain realized that his offering had not been accepted, but Abel's had, he struck his brother down immediately. No, that's not what happened. What happened? Uh, let's see. When he realized that his, his sacrifice was unacceptable to God, but Abel was, was, had found favor in God's sight, he had a rational conversation to try to decide what to do. Is that? No. Cain became very wroth. Oh, did you find? Oh, but when it, in sorry, Hebrew, in the Hebrew. Bless me. I, again, that was a my bad because I have it written down right here to, Cain became very wroth, became very angry, vehement anger. The beginning of Cain's murderous intent was becoming angry with his brother. So Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus knew anger will lead us to do things that we wouldn't have normally done. Anger will lead us to places that we never thought that we would go because we think, oh, I'd never murder anyone, but have you ever been so angry? Maybe I'm not the only one. I don't know. Have you ever been so angry? It just And every time you see that person, it bugs you. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yes. Yes. That anger just begins to rise up. Yeah. So be careful, little heart, what you feel. <laughs> perhaps you're still saying to yourself, I could never. And perhaps you're right. Maybe you could never. But even for those who could never commit the physical act of murder, there are lessons to learn from this word. Number one, murder is the destruction of the image of God. Think about the second command. God said, do not create any images to represent Yahweh. He said, don't use any images in the earth above, in the, on the earth or under the sea. Don't use any kind of representation to worship as though it were Yahweh. Could another reason for this be that he had already created an image of himself? He already created an image of himself, and that was us. 
from the very beginning of time, we were created to be the image, the physical representation of God. Not for us to be worshipped, and Lord help, that's what has happened. But, n- but in order for us to worship Him, in order for us to see all those around us and appreciate them as the representation of God. From the beginning, the breath in our lungs belongs to Yahweh. We are the only creature that God breathed life into. Breathed breath into the nostrils of Adam. And the Bible says that that when a person dies, their body returns to the dust and their their spirit returns to God who gave it life. And so that breath from the moment that we're born was given to us by God. It's His. So whether we and don't get get ready, get mentally prepared, whether we know Jesus or not, each one of us has part of God. Each person was created by God. Each person has the intention. God desires that each and every person know Him and serve Him. We all bear an image of God. So, by virtue of the fact that He is our Creator, it is His right alone to give or to take life. So, again, number one is that that murder destroys the image of God. Number two, murderous action begins with murderous feelings. Just as we saw from the situation with Cain and Abel, murder begins with premeditation, which begins with anger. Jesus was there. Again, he saw this progression take place. So when he brings up the subject of obeying the sixth word, but begins instead with the concept that anger is the issue, we can understand why. He doesn't say, all right, just control yourselves and don't murder anyone. No, he says, if you cannot rein in the anger, if you cannot get control of this, if you cannot weed this out, then you're going to have problems. When we refuse to allow anger to take root, we cut off murderous intent at the source. Anger can fester. It can keep us from fellowship and from right relationships. You're angry with someone, you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to hang out with them. Jesus shows this progression from inside to outward actions. So anger is a thought or a feeling. Raka is an expression of scorn. And fool is abusive and defamatory language. This progression that goes from bad to worse. The third thing we see is that murderous words can cause great harm. Do we consider the way in which our words can destroy the image of God within a person? Yes. 
Once again, we look at the progression that was given by Jesus, the first thing being anger, becoming exasperated. And here's the thing, only you know what's in your heart. So becoming exasperated. Have you ever felt that way about anyone? Exasperated. See, anger you think, but exasperation, ooh, that, that hits a little close. <laughs> I may have felt that way before. I'm not looking at anyone. I'm not. <laughs> I need to turn around. When we become exasperated, just sick and tired of having to be around somebody. I'm just, yeah, again, you maybe I've never felt this, but maybe you have. Just sick and tired. So how does that lead you to react to that person? Think about that for a second. Do you ignore them? I'm just so sick of this person. I'm just going to stay away. Do you speak hatefully to the person? Speak sarcastically? I was, mom, mom may have corrected me some yesterday about that. I don't know. I, I speak fluent sarcasm. So it may not be hatefulness, but lots of sarcasm. Um, but when we become exasperated with someone, we begin to speak to them like that. And it begins to peck away at the image of God. Saying Raka. Cursing someone. Calling them empty or worthless. At this we may cringe. But before too much criticism, examine your heart. Have you ever said something that would have caused someone to feel worthless? That would have caused someone to feel empty? And sometimes, you know, you, someone's really bugging you, and you just can come up with the, um, you, you have those moments of inspiration, and all of a sudden it's like, I have the perfect thing to say to you, and bless, bless, bless. And then you kind of, for a second, you're kind of proud of yourself. You're like, okay, maybe y'all have never been there. Um, hey, I, I, I got some, I got some kindred spirits in here. I know who you are. Um, but some you say those things, and you're like, yes, I totally nailed that. Yes. They'll think about what I said for a while. But after that. that person, no matter what they've done to incur your wrath as a person God loves and wants to save, and when we tear away, when we make them feel empty and worthless, then later on when it's time for us to witness to them, how does that affect them? When I know Jesus and they don't, or when they have a need that that really I could pray for and I could I could really touch the Lord on their behalf, but I've made them feel worthless. And then I say, "Oh, I'm praying for you. What what good does that do? Because I've hurt them already. We should desire to help people discover their worth, not question it. 
Because those feelings of I've got to get the last word and I got to sound better and I got to tell them all that could be pride rising up within us. I don't know. Having to defend myself to such and such a person, it's kind of got to prove myself. But see, if, if I know my worth in Christ, if I know that God loves me, I don't have to prove to anybody else that I can tear them down with a word. I can just, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not even going to go there with you. So maybe it's something that we need to examine within our hearts. Do I know how worthy I am in Christ? Do I know how much God loves me? Do I know that He has put His image in me? And it doesn't matter what they're doing to aggravate me. I know who I am. When we call someone a fool, wicked, worthless, godless, reprobate, to put that on somebody is to judge them as hopeless, too far gone to be saved. It's a dangerous slope from anger to hatred and bitterness to murder. But when you think about it that way, to say, oh, that person's never going to change. That person's never, they're always going to be. When we put that on somebody, we're tearing away at the image of God. And we may not have murdered with our hands, but we've murdered with our words. You and God alone know your heart. You may can put up a front that you've never had these thoughts or said these words about anyone, but Jesus counts this progression in the prohibition against murder. He said, if you go from one to the next to the next, you're in danger. If you get to that last point, you're in danger. Of course we know murder is wrong. Murder is the destruction of the image of God. Murderous action begins with murderous feelings, and murderous words can cause great harm. James tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Um, though, just in, in praying, and the Lord laid on my heart uh, a series that we're going to do at some point, um, use your words. And so you may hear this kind of thing again. If you're dealing with anger issues, it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender that to God before it's too late. Because again, it begins here, and it progresses, and it progresses to a dangerous place. So if you're dealing with anger issues, and you say, oh, it's fine, I, this is the way I've always been. no. Maybe ask the Lord to work on that for you. Surrender that to Him. If you're becoming easily exasperated 
with people. And I get it. I, hey, I get it. I work in the public too. Um, you become easily exasperated with people. Maybe ask the Lord to help you to have wisdom about how to deal with those things, how to deal with those people. I'm not saying that they're not difficult. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that only the Lord knows how best to help them and us. If you've already been hurtful with your words, you need to repent. And it might be a time to repent, not only to God, but to those that you've spoken that way to. To say, you know what, I'm, I didn't realize, I didn't think about the weight that my words would carry. And if I've hurt you, or I know that I have hurt you, and I'm sorry. Ask the Lord to give you spiritual vision to see everyone as someone made in the image of God. Because we are. Each and every person, the person that I love the most in the whole world, and the person that can get under my skin like nobody else, each person is made in the image of God, and each person is loved by God. So, as the music plays and as we pray, if you've, if you've had any of these issues, <laughs> then repenting of them is number one. That's key. And asking the Lord to please help us. Not to, and I don't want to say be careful with our words, but to take, take that mess out of us. To put within us a heart for people. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Lord, we are so grateful for who you are. You are good. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you created each and every person. God, you made me in your image and you love me and you find value in me. God, for each and every person who's sitting here today, each and every person who's watching online, you created them for a purpose. The fact that they are still alive right now means that you have a purpose for their life that you're not done with them yet, that they still have things to do. Father, I thank you that each and every person who's here is loved and valued by you. God, that when they look in the mirror, they can smile and say, that is an image of God. That God put within me good things, potential and greatness. God, I pray that each and every person today would see themselves like you see them. But as well, God, open our eyes to see each and every person around us the way that you see them. Father, that when we become exasperated and it happens, we're not denying that anger happens. It's a normal human emotion, but God, when it does rise up within us, I pray that you would help us to examine it 
and to not let it turn into sin. Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom about how to deal with people who are difficult. Father, that you would give us a vision of their salvation. God, show us a way that we can minister to them. God, instead of trying to prove ourselves, instead of trying to show off of how smart we are or how quick we can come back with ugly words, God, I pray that you would work in us that we would have such an inner contentment that we don't have to prove ourselves, but God, we can speak life to people, that we can speak encouragement, that we can speak blessing in their hearts because we understand that it is your kindness that leads to repentance. Father, I pray that you would forgive each and every one of us if we have failed in one way or the other, if our words have hurt, if our words have destroyed, if our words have have chipped away at someone's worth, I ask your forgiveness. And I pray that we would not do that again. God, that we would surrender our words to you and understand that they are so powerful that we need to put them through your filter. Heavenly Father, for each and every person, whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, I ask your strength and your help and your encouragement and your blessing that we would see ourselves and see each person around us as someone that you love and that you value. Keep us from murderous intent. Keep us from murderous words. We thank you. We praise you. And we say today, over your people. May Yahweh, the one who created each and every one of us, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name we pray.